for me, the reason why it's so key is I lost an entire business because of this variable. Um, I don't think people really understand when you're running a small business or a startup, you know, every single employee, let's call it zero to 60 are so valuable, are so key, are so important, are so strategic. They're not just easy to replace. They're not just these pieces, these pawns you can just play around with that a lot of leaders kind of feel like that's the case. So I literally lost the business due to that. And it, again, it put me in a depressed state. So that's what kind of kind of connects me to this space because I, I personally have experienced these variables. Now, as I started studying and learning, I started to realize that it's completely common sense to live in the and live to live into an employee's reality. And what I mean by that, it's it's completely common sense to understand and unpack where they want to go. It's completely common sense to understand and unpack where they want to go and try to do anything in your power to get them there. Not even thinking about the selfish needs and desires of your own individual business, just doing the right thing, you know the right thing tends to be a good idea in most circumstances. And so for me, when I look at mental health as it pertains to employees, I immediately think of a couple of things. First and foremost, if you if you if you aren't the type of leader that feels like, you know, mental health and employee experience and all these other buzzwords are really important to you, at a very a very practical logical level, it's a good business idea to make any of your employees feel psychologically safe. That's just a good business idea because there's so much data that proves their ability to have innovation, their ability to drive productivity will increase well over 50%. That's just a good idea. But let's call it you're actually a good person, which a lot of leaders tend to be in their everyday life, but they put on this like suit and this just like new version of themselves and they go into the workplace. So let's assume you are a good person it's also a good idea because do you have any idea how much time you actually spend at work? Do you have any idea how much baggage people bring home from bosses that are that are that are rude, bosses that micromanage, bosses that ignore their ideas, bosses that are not putting together learning and development plans that are connected to where they inevitably want to go long term in their career, thus they feel stifled. Do you know what happens when they come home and they and they drive that negativity to their husband, to their wife, to their kids, to their own brain? Do you know the damage that that does to your own self-confidence at a real level inside of your brain and what it does to some of the memory banks inside of your brain and how it, it can unlock all of the other negative feelings and perspectives and viewpoints you have of yourself? You can get in a very deep rabbit hole. And so as I've studied and as I've learned, that's what really got me excited about trying to make sure that organizations that I built and the organizations that I impact, they understand these variables and they think about these variables because life is not a game. And the last time I checked, you have a bunch of lives walking inside of your business day to day, trying to make your dream come true, leader. So it's a good idea to care about them just as much as you would care about your dad, your mom, your sister, your son, your daughter. I went on a rant there. <laughs> No, it's it's needed, Anthony. You know, it's it's something that I think a lot of people are facing today because they're in a position of, you know, as we were speaking about having passion for your work, some people feel like they're not passionate about their job. And from my perspective, I think a lot of it can be due to the work environment. And if companies were more willing to provide you know, the resources, the support in order for someone to feel like they can separate, you know, 
the work from home where they can feel like, you know, they have support even at the workplace, then they would have more passion for the work that they do it, that they're doing. They'd have more passion to, you know, provide more productivity to be more, you know, aware and present in terms of their everyday and not having that, you know, conjunction of work and home and of not feeling like they're doing enough. And that drags them down so much. And, you know, obviously having a great work environment won't necessarily provide that full passion towards your work, but it can help. It can assist a little bit for you to feel like you're more, you know, you're more accepted, you're more willing to do the work when you're at the workplace. And in terms of that, you know, how have you seen the, you know, effects of being at a workplace that doesn't have this support, doesn't have, you know, any type of resources to provide for someone to be, you know, mentally healthy or even just supported? What have you known, whether it's from your clients or even your personal perspective of how damaging that can be within not only their productivity or passion towards the work, but as well as you were stating, you know, that work and home relationship of bringing back that home, you know, how, how important, how much impact does that have on somebody? It can tear someone's life apart. I'll give you, I'll give you some very real examples that I have no qualms of sharing with you guys because um, the individual that I'm going to talk about is a partner in my business and I love him to death and, and he'll be comfortable with me sharing some components of it and I'm not gonna divulge everything and then I personally experienced something as well. Um, so number one, the answer to your question really quickly and simply, it can literally tear your life apart at a very real level. And what I mean by that for the examples I'm gonna give is uh, there were experiences about seven, eight months ago before COVID-19 hit, I wanna be very clear with something. Before COVID-19 hit, I had a job. I was not an entrepreneur. I was thinking about strategizing about starting this new business. Even when me and you met for the very first time, the podcast was alive. Some of the personal branding things at a very high level, just trying to like, you know, get out there and do a couple things were intact. But I was not in full entrepreneur mode. So I was actually an employee, uh, the VP of people director of partnerships for a nonprofit here in Maryland. And uh, we had a leader that was uh, that was not personally developed himself. So that's the first tip that I know is a little bit outside the box of this original question that I would give and that I would have a lot of people think about. Are you personally developed yourself before you actually become a leader or if you are a leader? That is first and foremost. Like, do you have full self-awareness of who you are? Do you have a full grapple in your own emotional st stability and ability to understand other people's emotions? Do you have enough awareness around emotions to know when to pause, to know when to push, to know when to hold back, to know when to readjust your tonality when working with an individual based off of how much they can take and how much they can't take, what their personal circumstances are at that time? Are these things a factor? Um, so to get very granular, uh, the gentleman I'm talking about that's a partner in my business and myself, we were two individuals that literally just wanted to help this business survive and, 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 and thrive. That was our goal. That was our passion. And we were led by a leader that was very micromanaging. We were led by a leader that was very suffocating. We were led by a leader that had very poor personal development attributes within themselves uh, that was very uh, scared of 
their own reality and, and, and their own issues internally. And that came out on us. And there were so many moments where tears were shed. Uh, you know, bodies were starting to literally physically feel different due to the amount of high level of stress. Uh, there were moments where words were said that, that, that people uh, would admittedly want to take back. And that put us in very serious circumstances where our own significant others were, were literally putting us to the point where like, we're going to consider not dating you if you don't make a change in this job because the person that you're being outside of the workplace is not someone that I thought I wanted to date and marry and have a family with. And I just don't respect you right now at a personal level for even withstanding and, and, and living into this reality. This is not okay. This is not right. And, um, and it was my job to try to fix that and I couldn't. And so the biggest tip that I would give, again, based off of my story there, is are you personally developed as a leader? And if you are not, I genuinely believe in my heart, you do not deserve to be a leader of people. If you do not have any sort of awareness of emotional intelligence within yourself and how to understand others' emotions at every single micro moment of a day, you do not deserve to be a leader because you have no idea how much you can really change and negatively affect someone's life. Raw and honest, Anthony, I appreciate it. It certainly shows in terms of, you know, from your own personal experiences, but I believe a lot of people listening are going to have similar ones. It's something that happens throughout, you know, any different company, whether it's a large corporation or whether it's a small business. This is something that is going on throughout the workplace today. And, you know, it's not even just having the ability to really support and provide the resources. There's things that are even happening at home that are affecting someone's, you know, ability to, you know, manage and, and lead their own team. And there's so many different ways in which people are getting pulled throughout, you know, the challenges today. And as you're speaking about it, if you can't step up, if you can't have that ability to lead in those positions, because, that that's where the challenges come into place. That's where, you know, these struggles happen and it, it leads to a, you know, a spiraling effect towards not only the leaders, but the people below them. And it, as you said, could tear someone's life apart. As you said, it could tear a business down. There's many different effects that can come into place due to this. So, you know, I want to thank you for sharing that. And for everybody for listening to this part of the episode in the next part, we'll be speaking more about what Anthony is doing today with his own business and how he is helping others through their own work experiences and uplifting them to have the right mentally healthy space within their own work environment. So thank you, Anthony, for sharing those, you know, raw and touching experiences that you've had and, you know, really sharing what people are facing today. 100% brother. So thank you all for listening. This was season two, episode number 26. And be sure to click the link below in the show notes to get in touch with Anthony. If you have any other questions, need any other resources to take that next step within your work environment, if you are having similar challenges within your workplace today, and be sure to tune into the next episode where we'll be speaking more about how Anthony can help you in your own workplace.
Hey, what's going on, guys? Sorry about the break there. Uh, he was recording one podcast, but he decided to break it up into into two parts. So you guys are now going to be listening to the second part of the podcast. The first part, I was very surprised of the energy and the authenticity and the advice that I was giving, if I'm being completely honest. I hope you guys enjoy the second part. Thanks a lot. And we're here today for season two, episode number 26 with Anthony Vaughn. Anthony spoke about in the previous episode his own personal experiences with work challenges and how this can affect not only your mental health, but the way a business can be run. In this next part, we're going to be speaking specifically about what Anthony is doing today in order to uplift people within the workplace. Anthony, to really bring more light in terms of your business and what you're doing today, why don't you share a little bit more about, you know, the premise, the mission of the company and how you're able to help people today? Yeah, I would gladly do that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So, guys, I'm uh, I'm the fa- co-founder, right? I'm, I was going to say founder, but I've now been blessed. I have four other co-founders. So I'm the co-founder of a company called the E1B2 Collective. That stands for Employees First business second. So right off the top there, you guys can get the gist of, of kind of where, where my head is. Um, the E1B2 Collective is a collective of brands. So let me start there. So right now we have Project 2030, which is a speaking series, an event. Think of it like a, a music artist going on a tour. Um, so it's a, it's a series of events, speaking opportunities that are all throughout the universities and speaking directly to the HR programs there so that I can help and improve and inspire the next generation of people leaders. So we have upcoming speaking events at John Hopkins University, uh, LSU. We've talked at Texas A&M, uh, Texas Tyler, uh, Texas State. Uh, San Diego State, and just to name a few, Maryland University. Um, so I, I love that. I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, we have the E1B2 podcast. We have uh, Project 2030, the podcast. We have um, an initiative called Startup EX, which is our job is to try to operationalize and support the employee experience at the startup level. A lot of startups have no idea what they're doing from that lens. And we want to come in at a white glove level over the course of six to nine months and help them get that off the ground. Uh, And then finally, we have a company called Beyond Brand Studios, which is a podcast where we interview managers of individual departments inside of companies as well as founders. And uh, we talk to them a no cush interview and drive them really hard to explain the good, bad and indifferent that are happening inside of the day to day culture, a role responsibilities so that an employee listening to that podcast beforehand, before they go to an interview, can really understand what the organization is like, can really get a good sense of the personality of those they'll be led by, and they can get a, re- a, a kind of a behind the scenes look at how decisions are made, how, how is innovation kind of thought of, and, and, and how fast are, uh, you know, are things put in place? You know, what's the day-to-day culture look like? And what are the experiences? You know, who am I being led by? And, and where are they at right now in their own personal development life or their career as a leader? And all different types of uh, things that we ask these individuals to push them to be very transparent. Um, to wrap it all up, my passion, my goal, my purpose of starting this business is to literally make sure to do my part, 
right? Because there's a lot of people in this world uh, to uh, to do my part to make sure that every single human being in this world uh, is experiencing a day to day workplace environment that not only makes their mental stability where it needs to be, but fulfills them in their overall career endeavors and passions. Uh, I believe that's everyone's right, and uh, I believe it's a company's responsibility to to have something to do with that. Um, and so that's why uh, that's why the company's here. That's awesome, Anthony. I you know want to thank you for the work that you do because it's certainly of the utmost importance. People need this support. They need these resources in order to you know find the company that they truly fit into and find the company that's going to treat them the way that they should be treated. And you know it's it's really how you show up every day. It's how you're able to support the people that you do. And you know we spoke about how much of an impact a leader has on their employees and has on within their own work environment. And, you know, before we get into how you're even supporting the people within your company and supporting your clients in uplifting themselves within the work environment, I first want to know, you know, how do you focus on your own mental health in the workplace? Because, you know, when you're focusing on yourself, you have then a better opportunity to uplift the other people around you and support them in a better light because you're supporting yourself first. So could you share a little bit about how you're able to focus on yourself and what you're doing in that realm in order for you to be, you know, in the right place as, you know, a hundred percent of your own capabilities to be able to, you know, transition that into the way that you're affecting and supporting and leading other people? You know, that's interesting. Um, Recently here, I've been getting back into the groove of working out more uh, meditation, a lot of the simple things that I'm sure you've heard time and time again. Um, But at a macro level, what I like to do is I like, you know, for me, mental health starts, for me, it starts with like clarity and honesty. I think when you lie to yourself as a as a person of one, I think it can cause a lot of friction in your own brain, which can cause a lot of problems in the real world. And so for me, you know, my mental health comes around doing complete audits of like my schedule each week to be completely honest around. Are you doing everything in your power to get your goals off the ground? Are you doing everything in your power to be the man that you need to be for your girlfriend and for your family? Are you doing everything in your power to be the man that you need to be for yourself? I like to just do these nice little audits of, uh, of, of what my day-to-day schedule in life really looks like and be completely transparent and honest with myself about those realities and about those factors that provides me a certain level of peace. Because even if the answer is no at that time, what I have kind of figured out how to develop a, develop a muscle in is to immediately go into problem solving mode and start to patch up those holes rather than getting into a depressed state. But I think for me, my biggest thing is reverse engineering and auditing myself on a consistent basis so that I'm always living into truth and not you know BSing myself. That's That's what I try to do. I know that's kind of a weird backwards answer but it's something that I think a lot of people would, would find value in if they were actually doing it. Because if you can live into your truth and then figure out ways to fix your truth, not get upset about your truth, you'll actually find yourself consistently every day moving towards something greater. I love it, Anthony. I think it's it's spot on because 
these are some things in which people think that they can, you know, just do in their head or do it kind of, you know, simultaneously with other things. And, you know, you're speaking about the importance of doing, you know, what sounds at a basic level of what you can do that shouldn't take that much time, but it's so, you know, impactful in the way that you can start your week, start your day, and how that, you know, spirals into your effectiveness, your productivity, even just your awareness throughout the day, the week, the month. It provides so much more benefit. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because those are practical things that people can do every day. You know, just ask those right questions, set aside that five minutes, that 10 minutes in the morning to to do these you know, activities in order to, you know, be prepared for the future. I think that's such a valuable step. And as you're working throughout, you know, seeing what needs to be changed within the workplace today, you've had your previous experiences, you've spoken with people who've had some challenges. What did you see as the biggest factor where people struggled within the workplace? What did you see as, you know, these these big challenges that were in the workplace that you were trying to solve today? Um, you know, for me, there's a lot of like interesting tactics and strategies and nuances that a lot of people that are much more seasoned and senior than me know how to, how to execute on. And I'll give you guys a few, but what I want to do is I want to kind of break it down and become a little bit more simple because that's really kind of what I'm about. You know, for me, there's a lot of tactics around, you know, you know, hi, you know, hiring manager training and, um, you know, new hire orientation and business planning and people strategy and strategic workforce planning and all these things that are great. Um, but for me, I like to kind of break things down into a very practical sense. And so when I started this business and when I got into this, this, this industry overall, because, you know, I was a, I was a VP of people for four, two companies for the last four years. And so when I got into this space, not knowing a lot of those buzzwords that I just kind of spit at you there, I looked at the practicality of it. Like, what would it look like if I were to sit down with an employee and have a thoughtful dinner, a drink, a coffee for an hour, two hours, as long as it takes and build what I like to call emotional glue to the point where they feel safe enough to tell me their overall dreams, passions and goals and then what would it look like if I made it my responsibility to make that happen, even if that meant them leaving my company? And that was the type of practicality and, and simplicity that I brought to this space that I think was a little bit different and that I want to try to keep consistent in my, in my life. And so to answer your question directly, what I'm trying to bring to this space and what I'm trying to bring to employees, what I think is missing is that, over, that overall level of practicality and that overall level of empathy due to your employees or to those that you lead, just the same as you would do to your son, your son, your daughter, your, your, your uncle, your, your cousin, just as much of an experience that you want them to feel, you need to give to those that you lead or your direct employees. And I think things like, again, a simple one-on-one where you figure out where their goals are, you live into that and you make it your job to get those things off the ground, live into researching and understanding, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, reward responses, you know, threat responses, simple levels of neuroscience so that when you notice those things are happening throughout your employees day to day experiences in the workplace, you can give them time off. You can pause for a moment and have a thoughtful conversation, you know, figure out ways to 
you know, blend and be a chameleon as a human and be able to build relationships in that emotional glue with all of your employees so that you can have them bring you new ideas and that's a safe place that can drive innovation for the business. For me, I just try to make things completely, completely simple and practical and do things that I think we would do anyway, anyway for a friend, but let's just do it in the business context. So that's kind of, I guess, a weird answer to your question that I'm trying to trying to change up and trying to bring to these employees. Awesome, Anthony. It's it's certainly something that, you know, as we're stating is is of necessity as, you know, you're stating you want to treat others the way you want to be treated. And, you know, the work environment is not much different from at home. You need to still have that transparency. You still need to have that respect within, you know, your relationships. You know, whether it's, you know, A to B, it, it doesn't matter the position. It matters about showing up for the people around you. And, you know, in terms of the way that you're supporting people, you spoke about how you're doing this one-on-one and you spoke a little bit about some of the resources that you are providing within your company. And I want you to share a little bit more about, you know, what it is that you have out there that you're providing, whether it's the one-on-one support, whether it's the resources through your podcast, through other uh, agencies, how are you providing this support for your clients, for you know someone who's listening that may be considering reaching out to you, Anthony, and saying, all right, I have this challenge within my work environment. What it is that you can do for me? What can I go to to seek out more education? Why don't you share with my listeners you know, what it is that you're providing at, at a whole scale for people who you know, have these challenges that we spoke about in the first part, but, but need that next step. They need the education and then they need to take that into action. Um, I would point them directly to the E1B2 podcast. Um, I have well over 200 episodes there and uh, I go very deep into tactics, tools, opportunities, perspectives, theories, frameworks that I know for a fact Well, over time, if you were to listen to every single episode, let's call it over the course of three to six months, it would inevitably change the behavior um, and change the framework and the mental kind of viewpoint that you have on this space, because that's really where it comes down to. Right. What makes me a little bit different, um, because I've been trying to actually explain this to some prospective clients and other people. You know, we're not your typical HR consultancy kind of firm or anything of that nature. You know, when we say. E1B2, we really mean it. You know, when we say employees first, business second, every single traditional thing, whether it's policies and procedures, whether it's conflict resolution, whether it's coaching and feedback, whether it's learning and development, whether it's succession planning, everything is around what would be the most ideal experience my daughter would go through that I want? What would be the most ideal experience? I would want my mother to go through? What would be the most ideal experience I would want to go through? Like employees first, live into what you feel your employees would inevitably want to experience at a very human level and do whatever you got to do to get there. And my podcast really breaks that down. And the hope is over the course of the 200 plus episodes, I can really change someone's overall viewpoint on it because The issue is a lot of people in business and definitely HR, they seem to have this very robotic 
traditional 1947 approach to it. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of great things out there trying to put employees first, but it's it's falling on deaf ears because the the hard work of actually changing the internal workings and frameworks and perspectives around this work has not happened. No one actually truly believes employees should be first. They're writing blogs and, and, and putting out headlines. They're not actually changing policies and practices and behaviors to be conducive to that. So the first step is listening to my podcast and many others to, uh, to, to kind of get yourself up to par with the overall mental framework of it. Wonderful, Anthony. I, you know, I love that you brought this up because I think this will be a good, uh, you know, transition into speaking about, you know, what's to come, what to look for, for anybody that's listening, you know, you've given your own personal experiences, you've given what you're able to do one-on-one with clients and as well, what resources you have for free on your podcast for people to educate themselves and take into action. But as you said, you know, Companies have to do that internally. Companies have to take this larger step in order to provide, you know, this wider change that you want to implement within companies. And in terms of, you know, this is your first year as you're working with, you know, E1B2, why don't you speak a little bit about, you know, what is still to improve within the workplace? What's to come for you in, you know, helping people move throughout, providing a more mentally healthy even healthy in general workplace but what can everybody look forward to in the future and what else do you want to improve and make change within the workplace um what, what they can expect in the future is uh is as a team a company a collective that's really going to try to build companies and and build and build frameworks to really change this work you know my goal over the next 10 years is to really make a big dent and have people really question the the perspective of should employees be first or should business be first and to kind of flip it around there and make sure that employees are first and to make a big dent around that and 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 a couple of things that I think you know for me what I want to kind of touch on and and make sure that is actually is actually changing and that I think is is super practical and a lot of people can kind of make these changes quickly would definitely be around kind of like succession planning and career mapping you know, for me, I I think those are the two areas that are most connected. Succession planning, career mapping are kind of the same slash decision making. Those are the things that I've seen in my career that are most connected to the potential of mental health issues. If you are not living into the reality, which is employees like to understand how decisions are made, because it allows them to feel like they're a part of the game and not just being a robot. And if you don't understand how that can negatively affect their overall mental health, then I advise you do some research, listen to my podcast, read some other blogs, figure that out because no one likes to be just told what to do and to execute that as a robot. Individuals like to have autonomy and understanding of the value that they're, that they're, that they're providing from a task perspective because maybe they have a different viewpoint. Maybe they have something they can add to it and you need to live into that autonomy. Um, career mapping and succession planning are very much similar. A lot of companies to this day are not thinking through at the operational level, what are the opportunities that we can create out of thin air for our people to grow? 
So a very simple, practical example I'll give you. In my last business, I created, created a company, company. I created an initiative called the graduation model. And it was very simple. When we went into the operations, we realized there were no margins to reinvest inside of the company to provide more opportunities from a, for, for like roles. Like there was no need for any more managers. There were no need for any more other positions for at least the next 18 months. And then when we looked into the margins, there was no flexibility to pay any of these coaches over $14 an hour. So we immediately went into employees first. Is $14 an hour enough for these human beings to live in a nice home, to pay bills, to go on one vacation, to, to feed their families good organic foods? The answer is clearly no. So what do we need to do? We realized, again, there was no innovation that we could do to try to increase the revenue to pay them more. So what we did is we created a graduation model. I sat down with every single employee and I figured out where all of them wanted to go long term in their careers. And I started reaching out to organizations and building partnerships and creating mentorship and internship opportunities. And I said, you give me 18 months of this company, I'll give you a new life. I'll graduate you from this company, move you on to the next company and, 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 and you go on along the way. That's a good idea. For a couple of reasons. Number one, the PR and the attention we got at the business level for doing something like that blew up. So that was a good idea. That meant a lot of new employees were, were starting to get excited about coming to this company. The second thing is over the course of those 18 months, the engagement, the retention, the excitement went through the roof because they knew we had their back in life, not just the day to day deliverables from nine to five. And so, um, I'll pause there and just and kind of wrap it up, though. But that's that's a practical example, a tangible example of what I mean, and what it looks like to really put employees first at the operational level, not a foosball table, not a nice kind of Christmas card, not any of these other little engagement things that you hear. That's an operational shift that we did that that paid dividends long term. Thank you for sharing that, Anthony, because, you know, I do want you to take this, you know, a little step further to uh, to close out this episode. And, you know, within this question, I want to you know provide more of a hypothetical situation, which is, you know, we're down the line in the future, say, you know, whether it's a year or two, E1B2 is the leading HR agency. Every company is coming to you in order to facilitate growth within their workplace within their environment in order to provide, you know, an employee's first mindset. Can you speak about what would be, you know, one or two tangible things that you think are the most important to fundamentally change a company to provide, you know, this welcoming workplace to provide this, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically healthy environment for people wanting to go and seek out a company today? I can give you a couple. Uh, so what I just said was one of the things that I would do. Another thing that I would give a tip for is, uh, you know, first impression report. So let's start at the very beginning. You know, looking, redesigning your onboarding strategy and your onboarding process to live into reality is something that I think is really important. Thus, why I created Beyond Brand Studios. The Beyond Brand Studio concept with the podcast is really simple. I want leaders to tell employees the effed up, because I'm not going to curse in your podcast, the effed up 
bad things that are happening inside the company, the good things that are happening inside the company, the gray and the indifferent and the odd, the weird, the, the, the stressful. I want people to explain the reality of what you're going to be getting into as an employee here and stop painting this facade that everything is going to be all peachy and cream and perfect. And then six weeks after they start their job, they are they're calling mom, they're calling girlfriends, they're calling friends and saying, I hate this job, I hate this experience. I want companies to be a little bit more thoughtful throughout the onboarding experience to expose them to the reality from the get-go. It saves you money, it saves you time, it, it, it provides that employee the reality, thus they can kind of rationalize in their head whether they wanna be here or not, so they can lock in and be a little bit more engaged, so that's another thing. Connected to that, I think first impression reports would be incredibly important. These are actual reports, surveys that you would send to your employees and give them the autonomy to explain all the negative things they felt throughout the onboarding experience that they would not, excuse me, that they would like to not ever experience again. And what I mean by that is writing out in, in, in a paragraph format, all the experiences they felt, maybe it was during some of the shadowing opportunities. Maybe they didn't feel like there was any sufficient resources provided in the beginning um, from an educational perspective. Maybe the times uh, were not as flexible as needed because they were still migrating from a previous job and trying to kind of blend the two. Like, you know, kind of diving into whatever they felt was not productive, a first impression report will provide you that. And then what you need to do as a team, as a company, is dissect that first impression report and actually make change. Because that's the last thing that I'll say here is when you try to live into this employee's first business second mindset and you want to reach out to your employees, you want to talk to your employees, you want to get thoughts and perspectives, you actually have to look into the data, what they say, and make operational changes and shifts, not just read the data and say, oh, thanks for the feedback and continue to move on. Don't be lazy. Take the time to go into change management behaviors and make changes that are going to be more beneficial for your employees because guess what? If you do that, it's actually going to be more beneficial for your company. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that we got pretty, pretty tangible there. I'm so glad you did, Anthony, because it's it's something that I think people need to hear, whether it's an employee that's listening or whether it's an employer that is listening. They can you know hear these experiences and these tangible, you know, activities that could be put in place, these policies that could be put in place into their own workplace. And I think, you know, anybody who is listening, you know, just having this sense of, you know, more education about it and then transitioning, going towards your podcast and educating themselves more so they can, you know, try to implement this or even try to reach out to you for more advice about how to actually put this into place to be practical and to try to make shifts within their own workplace, I think is so essential. And, you know, it's what you're doing today. So, you know, I'm so glad that you took this time to be on the mental insights podcast. And I just want to thank you for sharing your own personal experiences and your own insights. And, you know, the work that you're doing today, I think is so incredible. Thank you so much. It was an honor. I, uh, you really, your questions were great. You really pushed me to get really, really tangible today. So I appreciate that. Absolutely, Anthony. I, I want to thank you again. I want to thank everybody for listening. This was season two, episode number 26 with Anthony Vaughn. And please, everybody, 
be sure to go click the link below in the show notes, get connected with Anthony, let him know what you thought of this episode. Be sure to reach out if you want any more advice. If you have a problem, if you have a challenge within your workplace today, be sure to reach out. Anthony will give you tangible advice to make change within your own life, within your own workplace to take that next step. So, you know, thank you all again for listening. And this was your host, Brennan Catulli.